The Old Testament reading is recorded in Ezekiel chapter 34, beginning verse 11. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle is recorded in 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning the 21st verse. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Here ends the epistle. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 10, beginning the 11th verse. Glory to you, O Lord. The words of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep, so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my Father. Here ends the Holy Gospel. The shepherd's crook. Where are the little lambs? Of course, you know, eventually they'll all grow up and I'll be shorter than they are. Charlie, hold that. Got it?
Sure you got it? Otherwise you'll clunk your sister. Okay. Well, look at this. What a nice little sheep. He's really made out of wool. Isn't he nice? Yeah. If I really had an actual sheep here, you wouldn't want to go anywhere near him. Because sheep love to get dirty. They smell badly. They cause trouble. They don't listen. They only do their own thing. They wander off because they're busy eating things, sheep snacks, and they cause nothing but trouble for the poor shepherd. And a shepherd is the only person that would actually love to do this, actually pick up a dirty old sheep and hug it. You wouldn't want to. It's almost as bad as picking up a piggy who'd been wallowing in the mire. I'm going to put the nice sheep away. So what's this called? Shepherd's hook or shepherd's crook? This actually comes from Psalm 23. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Now, this is actually the staff. Uh, if a sheep would get stuck somewhere, fell down a hole the shepherd would either grab the sheep or in your case, you'd grab onto the shepherd's hook. Hi. Want help upstairs? Okay, grab on. Okay. There. See, that's what this is for. Okay. Okay, let go. <laughs> uh, Luther said this is a picture of the gospel. No matter how often you may fall down into pits and get into trouble, the shepherd very gently grabs onto you with his shepherd's crook to bring you out again. And he never gets tired of taking you and pulling you out. So this is the good news of how much Jesus loves us. And this other thing, there he is. Want to pet him? Go ahead, pet him. He's nice and soft. And this thing, is the rod. Shepherds always had a big heavy rod in hardwood. And this was meant for enemies. If anything would come to attack his sheep, he'd come out with this rod. You can kill people or a bear or a lion or a wolf with a rod. Heavy enough for you, Charlie? You can get them like this, like this, club them over the head. You could jab them. But this is what Jesus does to any enemies that come out against you. This is the protecting rod. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Because he holds both of these in order to save us and take care of us. And he never gets sick of doing that no matter what. So, I'll let you go back down again. Want to say bye to the sheep? Bye. Okay. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Text is the gospel reading from John chapter 10. 
dear saints of God in Christ Jesus. I'm taking off this scapula, which is actually a work apron. This was a symbol in the early church that was used in anyone who was serving. But it's just basically a work apron. And instead, if I can find the front and the back, how's that? Does it look better or worse? Now, you put this on. This is more like what a shepherd would wear. And this morning I just happened to look more like a shepherd because I look a bit scruffy. Guess how often shepherds would shave? It's a trick question. They didn't. They had no time for that. They wore rough clothing. They looked rough. They knew how to take care of sheep. They were rough and tumble kind of people. And because they didn't have time to go to the synagogue or to the temple very often, they were looked down upon. If you couldn't get a regular job, you could probably get a job as a hired hand shepherd. This is a bit something like in our country, if you can't get a job, go to the city of Grand Rapids and sign up to be a trash hauler. Pick up those bags of stinking garbage. A similar picture in the ancient world. We think of sheep as cute and cuddly and lovable, but people stayed away from sheep, generally speaking, because they were dirty and stupid. Now, my friends in Christ, that's a picture of us. We are dirty, we are stupid. I'm talking spiritually, that is. How clean do you think you are this morning? I know you took a shower or a tubby, but in terms of our sins, we're filthy. Even when you get done with church, you're still filthy. Pigs, in some ways, are cleaner than sheep can ever be. This is our state of being, but the shepherd never pushes us aside no matter how often we get into trouble and keep running back to the same problems. He's always very gracious. Our text is a quotation from Jesus. He says, first of all, I am the I am. He's, again, in this gospel, pointing out that he is the true God, even though he doesn't look like much either. I am the I am, the kalos shepherd. Not good, agathos, but kalos, literally beautiful. If a father, Guido Sarducci, was here, he would say, oh, that means dolce, sweetness, perfection, lovely, beautiful. If you looked at Jesus, there was nothing very beautiful about him. He didn't look like anything. But the beauty is in the heart and what he does for all the sheep. I am the kalos, the beautiful shepherd. And what does that entail? He purposely lays down his life, literally his soul. That is not merely the living part, but his very being. 
He lays that down on behalf of the sheep. I have been a Lutheran pastor since 1977. Prior to that, I was a lowly student pastor, a vicar in Aurora, Illinois. And I have to confess that when I look at this text and I look at myself, I am anything but a beautiful shepherd. Now, at times that can get me down. I know what I'm supposed to be, and many times I am not. And I know it better than any of you would ever know it. Yet an older pastor years ago pointed out to me, he said, wait a minute. You're one of Christ's sheep too. The only person that's the perfectly good and beautiful shepherd is Jesus himself. All of the under-shepherds are very much like hired hands at times. Jesus talks about the hired hand. Who comes after the sheep in this little example that Jesus gives? Does it say that when the hired hand sees the pack of wolves coming? No, it just says when he sees the wolf, just one wolf. Now, we may not catch what's going on here, but this hired hand isn't about to put himself out for anything at all. If it's just one wolf, this rod can easily take care of, dispatch, get rid of a lone wolf. But the hired hand doesn't want to get into any trouble, even with a single wolf. It shows that he's only concerned about number one. Not God, not the sheep, just himself. He doesn't want to get nipped. He doesn't want to get bit. He doesn't want to tussle with a wolf. He runs away for his own life because he doesn't care anything for the sheep. Over the years, every so often, thankfully not too much, but every so often, I run into a sheep who is just, well, words can't put it into proper terms. Troublesome, cantankerous. If anything's wrong, and I, God forbid, point it out, guess who the bad guy is? It's me. And in some cases like that, I would just as soon walk the other way. You don't like what I'm saying, you're on your own. But that's like being a hired hand. At times my heart has that difficulty. Thankfully not all the time, otherwise I wouldn't still be a shepherd. I can only try following the example of Christ. But notice what he does. Not only does he stand up to the wolves, not only is he always at your side, never leaves you nor forsakes you, but he's willing to give up his life for us all. This is simply astounding. But notice, the wolf does not win. 
When Jesus finally does die on the cross, it's not because he was in a battle that he lost. That's what we have to keep in mind at all times. Jesus says, I have power, authority to lay it down. And I have power or authority to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. That's the astounding thing about this shepherd. He goes into battle with Satan himself, and it looks as though he had been defeated. But in fact, he willingly gave his life for us. That's the beauty of the truly beautiful, good shepherd. But he lost no battle. He lays down his life when he decided to do so. He does it on Passover because he was the Passover lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He begins his crucifixion at the time of the morning sacrifice, not by mistake. And he ends it at the time of the evening sacrifice, the normal sacrifice for sin. He becomes the eternal sin sacrifice. And that exact time, nothing in Jesus' ministry as being a good shepherd is in any way in danger of failure. He dies because he chooses to, but he also takes up his life again on Easter Sunday. Uh, Dale, Rosama, and all of your helpers, thank you for the wonderful Easter message as we came in this morning. Did you see the 16 Easter eggs up on metal poles? The good shepherd takes up his life again. Not against the wolf, not against the bear, not against any of those things that David went against when he was a young lad guarding sheep. But Jesus is victorious. So what has this got to do with us aside from the fact that we have this shepherd who's victorious for us and gives his life for us? So what about us? Some of you might be saying at this point, well, I guess I should be happy that I'm not a shepherd. It can be a pretty rough job. But do you remember the beginning in Genesis with the two brothers that got along so famously, Cain and Abel? When God asked, where's your brother? What was that famous answer that Cain gave? Am I my brother's keeper, guardian, protector, one to watch over him? Is that me? Cain, in effect, was saying, that's not me. I have no responsibility for my brother. If something bad happens to him, it's because he couldn't take care of himself, I guess. The person next to you, the person you meet that you don't know, the cantankerous neighbor or the crotchety fellow worker or the guy that you'd love to move away from or wish he would move away, that's your brother and you are his keeper. In effect, shepherd. We all have, unfortunately, old sinful nature which is very much like the hired hand. But the shepherd, the chief shepherd, gave his life even for that sin of ours, 
our fear and selfishness. And by his love, he calls us back again, not only to be his sheep, but also to be his under-shepherds, one to another. As God places people in your life, you are the ones to watch out and to keep them. And the best thing that you can do is to be a simple witness, pointing always to the chief shepherd. Because there are people out there that think that their life is hopeless. They think that their life is too full of sins. They don't think they're going anywhere at all. And you, like a good shepherd, can tell them about the beautiful shepherd, who's Jesus Christ. On this Sunday when we remember Jesus as the beautiful shepherd, believe all of his promises that he comes to save and to keep you. And by God's grace, may that love then move us to be our brother's keeper, following in the footsteps of the good shepherd. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.